Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Jesse HS. And I'm Eric Tyler. And this is Babbleheads, a sports and wrestling podcast. Now, uh, Eric, we are more uh, well-known, I guess, for the Heart Guide Media podcast, which is a music and movie podcast. But we both felt like there was an outlet that was kind of untouched that we kind of we wanted to dive into and get our passion of sports and wrestling uh out to uh anybody who wants to hear it and we love to we love to hear each other's voices so uh yeah here we are we are yeah i think podcast number two this was uh I think it's a good thing for us. Obviously, we're a big fan of movies, but I know we're equally as big a fan for of wrestling and and uh, and sports. And I know we had a lot to say about the stuff, so this is gonna be this is gonna be fun. Yeah, and uh, obviously, uh, you know, some of the people that have been on the the our uh, other podcast, the Heart Guy Media Podcast, um, are sports fans. But you and I are, are far supersede, uh, you know, as far as sports and wrestling goes. It's it's pretty much you and I, Sean, also uh, our friend who has been on the other podcast quite a bit. is um, And it, it kind of felt uh, hard not to bring up the other podcast because without that podcast, there would be no this podcast. But, uh, you know, there's constant dialogue uh, of sports and wrestling for us both so it, this has just felt like a you know a necessary uh a necessary evil yeah most definitely and I th- like you said uh us being big sports fans and wrestling fans and, and obviously sean chongo who's on the other podcast as well i'm sure he'll he'll make his way onto this podcast uh, at some point as well but it's gonna be uh it's gonna be a good time yeah he's a patriots fan but we won't hold that against him sadly he is a patriots fan yes but, uh, you know, he'll be first to admit that he got into football when uh, they were the best team in, in football. So he's a front runner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, pretty much uh, what we're going to be talking about is weekly updates on sports uh, scores, uh, playoff predictions, uh, who's up, who's down, uh, you know, b- throughout each season, the right now we're in the midst of the NBA and NFL season, so those are going to be our hot main focus topics um, until those seasons are wrapped up. And obviously, the NHL. Uh, I'm not as well versed in the NHL, but I know that you are, Eric. Uh, so we will touch on the NHL. But right now, we are dead center in the middle of NBA season, and you know we're heading towards the tail end of the regular season in the NFL too. So but, yeah, I think this. This will be week thirteen here coming up. Yeah, so. it's it's nuts. It goes by so quick, but that that's kind of why it's uh, there's no other uh, season like it. It's every week matters, you know. Yeah, and once we get going more, obviously we'll have more formats for everything. But it's going to be fun to to touch on everything. Obviously, give opinions about games and what's going on, news related, and just our own personal opinions as well. So. Oh yeah, and we're gonna dive into different eras, dynasties, uh, certain athletes, certain wrestlers. And uh, not, not to segregate those two, because there's no denying that uh, professional wrestlers slash sports entertainers are 100% athletes. Um, but we wanted to kind of, I feel like when you just say sports, people might think that you're not going to talk about professional wrestling, which we most certainly are. Yeah, we're going to, I mean, we're going to, I think we'll probably touch on everything. And like we said, we'll probably even touch on MMA and boxing. But yeah. Oh, absolutely. When you, when you, when you talk about uh, professional wrestling, it does have a stigma of still to this you know, day. It's still, uh, you know, it's similar to like uh, genre music, genre movies. Uh, they're still the redheaded stepchild of, you know. Yeah, it's coming. It's coming a long way, though. I mean, ESPN, definitely. 
ESPN has picked up a little bit of uh, of like pro wrestling stuff. I know they they actually have a couple people who just do pro wrestling stuff on their website, but uh, so it's coming it's coming along a little bit. But yeah, there's definitely a stigma when it comes to it. So. Yeah, and we're gonna cover uh, just just so everyone has a. Uh, a good overview of what we're going to be doing. Uh, one week we, you know, we'll cover the sports and the scores and all that, but we might cover Bret Hart one week or Ric Flair or a certain pay per view that was, you know, memorable to us, or, or the history of a certain pay per view, i.e., WrestleMania, the Royal Rumble. Um, but we're also going to touch on the independent circuit of wrestling and other promotions such as ROH and New Japan and impact wrestling uh so there's there's so much to talk about and uh i mean obviously our our hands are full and and our, our mouths are have so much to 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 get out because there's so much we're covering is you know because having a sports and wrestling podcast there is you know we're, we're packing our bag heavy but we got plenty of artillery to unload so uh yeah definitely we'll we'll dive right in let's hit the nfl first uh it's this is kind of a it's it's a crazy season because you got it, it, it's really it's wild because you're seeing the emergence of uh, new guys, uh, you know, new elite players. They're going to take over and fill the shoes for the Tom Brady's and the Aaron Rodgers of the world. You know, uh, first thing I got on my list is uh, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I mean, if, quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs, just a, a, a knockout season for him already yeah 100 percent. i think you nailed it perfectly uh the uh, you know i think people it happens with every generation you know but with our generation we've lived with these uh certain players you know the tom brady the peyton mannings the drew Brees, and then even a little bit younger than them now with the roethlisberger the eli manning the phil rivers the aaron Rodgers. uh now you're starting to see the the tail end of their well the most of those guys their careers are in the twilight now i mean heading towards the twilight of their careers uh and i think this this season especially when it comes to quarterbacks you're seeing kind of the emergence of the new uh the new group here with uh, mahomes like you said uh jared goff with the rams uh baker mayfield with the browns I mean, those are three names right there that just uh, they stand out the most, and, and they're doing big things. And I think though that's these are the guys that are going to be, you know, leading the way for years to come. So it's uh, it's definitely an interesting time uh, for the NFL. I you know you never thought you would see the time. You know, it's not going to be long before Brady's gone and Breeze is gone. I know so. we're we're heading into that. You know, the tail end of those eras for the, those quarterbacks. All those guys are in. You know, Brady's in his forties now. You know, a lot of these guys like Eli, not that uh, me personally, I, I've never considered Eli elite, but, you know, Eli's all but done in, in the NFL, in my view as well. So all these guys yeah. that have kind of conquered, uh, you know, or, or led the league as the faces of the league, you know, the Tom Brady's, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers, I know he's still got some years left, but obviously Eli is is out. And, and personally, it would have been a travesty if uh if Peyton never got another Super Bowl and he, and Eli had more than him, that would have been a that would have been a blemish on the entire Manning family in my eyes. But yeah, Eli, Eli is definitely an interesting case. He, uh, I mean, obviously he's won multiple Super Bowls. Uh, they have they have had some good teams, good defenses. But yeah, I don't know if I kind of, in my personal opinion, he he's definitely been the one that's hurting them the past couple of years, and it's kind of 
it's weird because it seems like he's regressed a bit. But um, yeah, it's very strange. He's uh, he's a strange case. But uh, so I got a question the, for you. Tonight, two Super Bowls, though. Yeah. So I got a question for you. Mahomes or Goff? Who you taking? Oof. You gotta, I... you gotta, you gotta, you gotta a team, a, a a franchise team. You need a franchise quarterback, someone that's gonna lead you. These two young, fucking <laughs> gunslingers. But who are you gonna take between the two of them? I mean, it obviously is very early for Mahomes. You know, he's a young, he's a young cat, twenty three years old. But yeah. uh, you know, who who you know, gun to your head, who are you taking, Mahomes or Goff? I mean, personally, it's so tough because I do. I really do like both of them. I'm probably taking Mahomes. Just uh, I think Mahomes a little bit more athletically gifted. I think he's a little bit, a little more mobile. I think he has a stronger arm. Um, I do like Goff though. I think Goff is you know he's your prototyp- prototypical uh, pocket passer, uh, very accurate. But yeah, I mean, if I had to. If I had to pick one of them, I probably would go Mahomes, definitely. I think I would agree with that. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, if you had to, I need a up and a down. Who's your up team right now? Who is just like hot on fire that you really think is like right now and this week proving that they are one hundred percent a Super Bowl contender? Who you got this week? Uh, I'm actually gonna go with the team tonight that's playing, and I'm gonna go with the Saints. The Saints play the Cowboys tonight. I think the Saints just. Uh, I think they're rolling on all cylinders. I think what's been hurting them the past couple of years. I mean, they're off. They've always been very powerful offensively. Uh, Drew Brees is obviously consistently one of the best quarterbacks in football, but their defense has been hurting them a lot. But their defense this year has stepped up, and uh, I just think that they're just they're they're hammering teams. And I think tonight, I mean, I personally think that they're going to put a hurting on the Cowboys tonight, big time. That's that's my one team. Um, obviously, there's a few teams that are. Super Bowl contenders, obviously, but the, the team I'm going to go with is the Saints. You know what? I'm going to agree with you. Uh, it, you know, exactly what you said. Drew Brees, like, year in, year out, proves that he is an elite quarterback. And uh, someone who uh, even watched the uh, the Saints-Vikings uh, conference game and watched Brett Favre uh, gracefully or ungracefully bow out in that game, a few, and, you know, almost, you know, now we're going back almost 10 years now, almost. Right. Um, but I, I wanted to see Favre win a Super Bowl with the Vikings and I, and I hated, uh, the bounty gate shit and not that that was the first time that that happened. Let's not kid ourselves, but I, I always thought there was a, a blemish in the, in the Saints organization from that moment on, especially cause in my eyes, I mean, uh, Favre was beloved by me and just growing up, but at the same time he was sending friggin' DPs to, to girls in the Jets organization. So, <laughs> So who knows? Maybe I eat crow there a little bit, but uh, yeah, I can't. I can't agree with you more. Drew Brees is making a making a case every single year for him being one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Obviously, when you say greatest of all time, I'm sure we both agree with this. As much as we hate him, Tom Brady is in a league of his own. But you know, Brees is right in there in those calibers of, uh, yeah, of top elite quarterbacks. 100. Yeah, we've been we've been blessed with. Uh... The quarterbacks we've been able to see. And golden like- golden era of football. You can say what you want about the seventies with Bradshaw or anything like that, or or the, with the yeah, Cowboys. I mean, I mean, but it's just, it truly is just it, the last fifteen years have been special to watch as the amazingly talented quarterbacks. Yeah, like the past. You're 100 percent right about that. The past past like fifteen or so years, we've 
had a lot of great quarterbacks, whether it be even even the guys who maybe you wouldn't call elite, but they're definitely top quarterbacks. I mean, we've seen some phenomenal quarterback play. I, I think uh, you saw that in the 70s, and I think maybe uh, and then and then towards the end of the 80s, you saw it again into the 90s. But then uh, it kind of goes in spurts, but I feel like we've seen one of the best eras of quarterbacks uh, in the history of professional football. So Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, Sticking, sticking a little bit in the same subject, you know, you talk Tom Brady, who's how is how is he 40, 41 now? Uh, I mean, how much more does this guy got in the tank? I mean, he's obviously uh, in again in a league of his own when it, even when it comes to conditioning for the NFL season. I I have just I've researched and heard so much about what he does to prepare, and you're talking about a guy that completely dedicates his entire being to being the elite NFL quarterback, like the elite NFL quarterback. He, the guy just dedicates his entire life to it. But how much how much gas has this guy got left in the tank? I mean, it, it's scary to think that I can realistically and confidently say he could probably play for five more years if he really wanted to. Yeah, I mean, you didn't really see him slow down until like, – I say that he slowed down this year, and I think a lot of people would agree, but they're still you know, in great position. They're still – I'm pretty sure they're eight and three or something like that. So, so yeah. And, and obviously he's they. You know, I, I think he could play for him another five years. I just don't think he will. I think uh, I don't know. I just think at some point he's going to call it quits, whether it be this year or next year. I think uh, I don't know. It's crazy it, it's, to think of an NFL without Tom Brady now after yeah, we've had but, it for you know. You know, so like long. these guys are. are uh, they're athletes and they're competitors, so I know it's and like we saw, like we touched on Brett Favre before. It's so hard to to just call it quits, you know, like yeah, uh, when the the competitive nature. So I don't know. I mean, I don't think he plays for another five years. I mean, at the max, I'm going to say probably two or three. Yeah, uh, but obviously, he may not be having the year that he normally has this year. But like I said, he's still leading his team to victories, and uh, that whole team has seen a lot of uh, injuries, though. So. Um, but they're still a contender this year. I mean, they're definitely as they are every year. It's it's yeah, it, it's I insane mean, what that system has provided for him. Uh, you know, uh, and that's taking nothing away from him because he has to execute week in week out. But but that system has been uh, you know catered catered to uh, the you know him and and it just suits him so well and he thrives in it uh, yeah they with him and Belichick and, and and you know I know they have Josh McDaniels or as their offensive coordinator right now they they do a good job of uh, they're just very smart very calculated and that's kind of what keeps him successful he doesn't get a lot of pressure put on him he he gets rid of the ball really quickly um, and he makes these receivers better you know i mean a lot of these guys would be nothing without him so yeah, yeah. i think he's proven that over the years i don't i don't think yeah you see these guys go elsewhere and they they do uh diddly squat yeah so i mean uh it's yeah it's interesting like but again they've had a lot of injuries and but they're starting to come around i know gronkowski is uh is back uh pretty much oh, getting healthy and he had a big game last week but uh they're another team that's like i said they're always in the hunt and they're they're obviously winning their division and uh you can never count them out so hey, well sticking uh for these elder statesmen in the quarterback realm uh you're a pittsburgh steelers fan obviously and uh yeah. how what's big ben got left in the tank i don't know i think uh you 
No, I, I, he's taken a lot of... Uh... For his size, the fact that he's still playing at his size with what he's overcome, whether it be, you know, personal stuff and with, you know, the motorcycle accident and, and all that and, and all that crazy stuff, the fact that he's still competing at a, at a pretty decent level... Uh, is, is impressive in and of itself because he's he's a big boy. He's always been a big boy. So yeah, yeah he well, what's helped him is uh, our offensive line. We've buffed up our offensive line over the years, so he doesn't take the abuse he used to take. He used to take. Uh, he was one of the most sacked quarterbacks in football for a long time. So yeah, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. Yeah, so he's he's taken a lot of injuries. Uh, I mean, he's had a lot, a lot of injuries actually. But he so that's kind of helped his. Uh, his protection is a lot better. Um, and then and another thing with him, yeah, we have a lot of great weapons around him. So, again, I, I don't see him going for more than three more years. I think it also would depend on, same with Tom Brady in this aspect, too, with, with the uh, playoffs. Like, if if Ben were, if the Steelers were to go to a Super Bowl this year and win, I would not be surprised if, if Ben retired. I wouldn't even be really surprised if he retired if they didn't win it, but... Obviously, that has a big uh, play in everything. I'm sure because he's kind of he's kind of alluded to it too that his time is is has kind of come and gone. He's he's kind of uh, had those comments, uh, you know, tongue in cheek a little bit about you know you know it's yeah, getting... pretty much the last like two seasons he's he's mentioned. Uh... Uh, the retirement thing isn't that you gotta you gotta love that about him though that he realizes that you know his time is ending when when you look at someone like a like a, a Brett Favre who who you know even though he did have a, a good last season you know as far as what he could do at his age but party it feels like he might have stayed too long at the party as well yeah like I said it's it's tough when you're a competitor like that you don't want to give it up and then you got these new guys coming in and Sometimes it works out for the for you. Sometimes it doesn't. I mean, um, sometimes guys get the short end of the stick. I mean, look what happened with like Peyton Manning with the Colts. I mean, they drafted Andrew yeah. Luck. They sent uh, they sent old uh, Peyton packing. So, and I think that happens a lot with and the same thing. Like they drafted the you know Green Bay drafted Aaron Rodgers in the first round and. That was kind of obviously Rodgers was behind uh, far for a while. It didn't play out like the Peyton Manning thing did. But yeah, I mean, right, a, right. being a Steelers fan, I, I hope Ben doesn't retire <laughs> just because uh, I'm not super confident in uh, our backups. Not that I don't think they're they're sufficient, of course, but I I don't think they're the next the next thing. You know what I mean? So. Exactly. Now, uh, sticking with the Steelers, I know you and I have had dialogue about this as well. Uh, I, I, I gotta, I gotta pick your brain a little bit more about this Le'Veon Bell situation because, I mean, has has football kind of because we know what's happened with the NBA and we're we're covering the NBA next as we kind of wrap up our a, a, one or two more uh, discussions about the NFL. But you know, have we gotten to the point where? You know, these guys, it's not about the game. It's it's about the contract. It's about, you know, what they're getting at the end of the day. Because, I mean, if the love for football is there, but, it you know, you're only going to do it if, you, if things are to your liking on every aspect of your contract, I mean – at, at what point are are we not are we completely trash completely giving up an entire NFL season in the prime of your career to, uh, you know – because of situations like this, I mean, I mean, where do you where do you stand on this in, in situations like this? 
I mean, obviously, being a fan, being a Steelers fan, I, it, it, I'm bummed about it. But like, there's two. Uh, there's two sides of it. I, I can understand it. One, there's the business side. Of it. I mean, it's all business, but there's the business side of it from the Steelers' standpoint, where that the running back position is is a tricky one because statistically, not many. You don't see a lot of long-term running backs anymore. You know what I mean? No, you really don't. Uh, they got they do more of a, like a committee running back. You don't really see that like bell cow running back anymore. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's kind of rare. So and then with injuries and stuff like that. So you know, Le'Veon Bell has had multiple injuries. He's also been suspended, and they tried to make him at at one point they tried to make him the highest paid running back in football. I think it was a four-year... It was either a four-year or five-year $70 million. And he, he turned that down because he said he wanted to be paid as the highest running back and the highest receiver... And, like, one of the highest receivers. So, um, the Steelers franchise tagged him a couple times, and it just... Um, you know, so... Uh, I can see it from the Steelers' perspective where they want to... They want to be smart about this decision. You know what I mean, right? <clears throat> they don't want to. They don't want to invest too much in a guy who's really. You never know what you're going to get if it's going to be an injury or. I mean, he has done a lot for the team, and obviously, I'm going to be the first one to say that he's done a lot. He was. He's put the team on his back before, so I understand that. And then, then you got to look at it from his perspective, where he he's looking at it from. It's a business, and I got to make as much money as I can while I'm here because statistically you know most careers don't last for more than you know five to ten years or whatever so you're looking at it from like the two different perspectives now personally obviously i didn't grow up being a levy on bell fan i grew up being a steelers fan so when i when this stuff happens uh it bums me out personally because i want him to be on the team and, and i just think it's money hungry uh you know like how much is too much when it comes to these contracts like um and i think we've spoke about that before so oh, yeah but again, like you got to look at it from both perspectives. I mean, uh, he has the support from like all the other players, pretty much. So <clears throat> it's just a weird situation with the NFL. And I think, uh, you know, I, I just think now the way—not even just the NFL, with all sports are—I think um, you didn't see this stuff. I, th- I think you saw the guys stay with teams a lot longer back then. You know what I mean? Because. I don't know if it's a pride thing or what it is or if the money wasn't there, but I feel like now there's a lot of ego. There's a lot of, like, I think fantasy football, honestly, has a play in it. I just, I really do. I think um, guys look at value from everywhere, from fantasy football, from everything, and I think that it kind of gives them some sort of, well, I'm worth this, and if I don't get this, then I'm not going to play. Like, in, in Le'Veon Bell's mind, and obviously his agent's mind, He's doing the right thing by sitting out an entire season. Uh, but how are you a team next year who's going to pay him what he wants to be paid and know that he hasn't played as a snap of live football? Yeah, that's risky. In so long. I mean, he hasn't played, you know, he didn't show up to training camp before the season. He hasn't played all year. So if he was to sign somewhere, he's, you know, that's a long, long time to not play. Uh, you know, there uh, to live action football, and there was a similar situation with the Seahawks this year, where the, their star uh, safety Ed Earl Thomas he wanted a new contract and he sat out, 
then he finally ended up coming back uh, before they gave him the contract, and he broke his leg the game coming back. Yeah, so. it's that that's insane. Uh, like, your body needs, uh, especially these, you know, being a professional athlete and playing in these games, you can't just sit out for that long and just jump right back into it. And, no, you uh, can't. I, it's, uh, it's risky. So, I mean, I, I, I think there's about a 95% chance that he will not be a Steeler next year. I mean, obviously it still could happen because they could still sign him, but uh, he will be a, a free agent. Um, so, yeah, we'll see what happens with that. Do you think he goes to a bigger market or a smaller market? Uh, I think he goes to, I don't know about the market per se, but I definitely think he does not go to a contender. I think he, you know, he goes to like a, like he mentioned something about the Colts. Like, I don't know. I mean, are the Colts a contender? I mean, they're playing good ball right now, but, uh, I don't think there's only like, I think there was only like nine teams that could really afford him anyway. (coughs) So what about the Giants? Do you think he'd end up in New York? No, because they, they don't really have a they don't have a need need for him because they have like Saquon Barkley. So I could see him going to the Jets, maybe. Interesting. Uh, the Jets would be a team. I, I'm t- I don't think any of the teams that nab him are going to be a a big contender. I think it's going to be teams that uh, are willing to spend that kind of money and have that money. You know what I mean? Right. So, but he, I guess apparently he he uh, showed some interest recently. He said something about the Colts. So interesting. Uh, very interesting to see what is going to unravel with that. But uh, and uh, to kind of close out our uh, NFL talk, uh, we got to talk about my Bills. Uh, it's been a it, something that has been nothing short of a dumpster fire of a season, a complete wreckage at quarterback. You got McDermott throwing all of his support behind Peterman, and then the Peterman experiment coming to a halt uh, yet again. And, uh, you know, Josh Allen has shown, you know, gets hurt after showing uh, glimpses of uh, potential and uh, comes back and, uh, you know, has a hell of a game last weekend against the Jags. Uh, Puts him right out on their ass uh, and and rushes for, you know, I think he got a couple yards taken back because of uh, taking a knee, but, uh, you know, rushed for over 100 yards and, uh, had a hell of a game and is showing great athleticism uh, and and really looks like he's solidifying his place, uh, obviously, as the, the starting quarterback, as he is, but, uh, you know, as, you know, someone that the Bills are going to run with. Yeah, 100% the Bills have been, uh, I think, of all the teams this year, they're they're so, like, uh, up and down. I mean, didn't they come out, like, like earlier in the season and, like, spanked the Vi- Wasn't the Vikings? Vikings, yeah. Yeah. <coughs> um, my opinion of them is like it's just uh, Josh Allen. I did, I'm not gonna lie, I didn't love him coming out of uh, college. I just thought it was kind of a, a risky take. But he, the thing about him is he's a winner and he's a gamer and he's kind of like if it makes sense, he's like a Buffalo guy. Definitely like someone I think that the city and the other players could get behind. Really a blue collar type kid. He, he, he so he seems. Yeah, exactly. And I just think, um, you know, the Bills just. Especially the past, like however many years, they just they just need to get it right when it comes to player evaluations and like drafting, because like they're really not far off. Nobody in the NFL, in my opinion, is like far off. Even if they have three wins, you're still not far off from being like a contender. So right. 
Buffalo has also not, they've been cursed with being in the same division as the Patriots for all this whole time. I mean. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about the most dominant team in football the last almost 20 years. Yeah, arguably the most dominant, you know, ever, probably. Yeah. I mean, you know, but you got the. You got the '90s Cowboys and you got the '70s Steelers and stuff like that, but yeah, I mean the Patriots are just as, if not the best. So that's another thing that that, that hurts them. But I just think it's uh, once they get some stability there and they get their coach really dialed in and, and they just get some more weapons. I mean that's another thing is just weapons. They just need weapons, weapons, weapons. So, um, but it's an interesting it's an interesting year for them. I think Josh Allen is like now that I've seen him play a bit, I think he is going to be pretty good. Um, yeah, I, I have I have hope, but I also had hope in Trent Edwards as well. So what the hell do I know? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, there's guys that have shown signs of greatness, but I just think I think he's got the intangibles too. He's a he's a big, he's a smart dude, and, and I think uh, yeah, I think Buffalo is not not too far off. Obviously, they were in the playoffs recently, but you know, with kind of a different, they had a different. Uh, quarterback then and the team looks a little bit different but so uh final uh wrap up on the nfl before we head to the nba who are you taking who are you taking in the super bowl this year who are your super bowl predictions it's very tough for me uh if i had to go i don't know if i could go super bowl prediction i definitely could do i would do the championship games and i think it's uh i'm gonna say steelers chiefs in a the AFC Championship, and I'm going to say <coughs> I'm going to go Saints in the and probably the Rams in the in the NFC, and then from there it's a toss up right now for me. See, I'll go uh, I'll go Saints and uh, Rams as well, and I have the Saints going to the Super Bowl, and I'll also go and I, I just I just can't ever I can't ever not count him I can't ever count him out I, I just can't I'm going uh, Tom Brady and uh, the Chiefs. Uh, you know the Patriots and the Chiefs, and I got the Patriots versus the Saints in the Super Bowl with the Patriots winning the Super Bowl. <laughs> Roll with the Patriots. I like. It. I just don't. I don't know if the. I mean, uh, like I said, they, you, they can never be counted out. And I'm obviously going with the Steelers because I believe in the Steelers this year. I think that they they have a complete team. Um, I don't know. Though. Yeah, I guess it's, I guess it's what what Tom Brady is going to show up that day. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Think about the NFC, especially with like the Rams. Um, is that that defense is tough? It, it is really, tough. it really is. I don't know if there's a defense in the AFC that's that's that tough at all. I really don't think so. I, I don't think any of the AFC teams have anything that tough. But did you want to touch on uh, like playoff pitcher or anything like that for the? Uh, yeah. Who do you think? Uh, who's uh, who's making well, the right- cut this year? Well, right now, I mean, so, like, the Patriots are the first in the East, AFC East. The Steelers are with the 8-3 record. Steelers are 7-3-1, and one, AFC North uh, in the lead. The Texans are 8-3 and in the number one in the AFC South. And that, that division is, is intriguing because the Colts are starting to come on right now. Andrew Luck uh, looks like he's back to back to form. Kind of, a, that's a surprising team for me. Um the Chiefs, obviously in the AFC West, are nine and two. Uh, Cowboys are leading that division. He never thought I would say that. <laughs> at six and five, but the Redskins are right behind them at six and five as well. Uh, the Bears are leading the NFC North at eight and three. The Saints 
with the incredible 10 and 1 in the NFC South and then uh, the Rams 10 and 1 in the the NFC West. And then I think uh right now if, if the season were to end right now the wild card teams would be in the AFC would be the Ravens and the Chargers and then then the NFC would be the Vikings and the Redskins. Um so I, I think pr- by the time the season's over, I don't think anything's going to really change. The only thing that might change a little bit is, uh, like, the really close races, maybe the AFC South. Like, I, th- I think the Texans end up taking it, but the Colts are coming on a little bit. Um, I'll tell you what. Uh, with the big-name teams and, the all you know, the 10-1 and one teams uh, aside, I would love to see – a Cinderella story. I'd love to see who would I personally love to see in the Super Bowl. Who I know is not going to make it, but I'd love to see it. Is Philip Rivers and the Chargers? Yeah, I mean, you know what? They're they're uh, there's another hot, super hot team right now. They actually, the Steelers play them this week, Sunday Night Football. But uh, I've always liked uh, Philip Rivers as well. I feel like he's been another. He's kind of in the vein. Where obviously not as good as Aaron Rodgers, but I don't think. But uh, I, I associate those guys together because I feel like their team almost has let them down. Yeah, I, I think like, I think he's been reliable. I think he's been a dependable guy. He just you know everything around him it just kind of falls apart season after season. Exactly, and I and I think that they they've never like especially especially Rivers and like I said I, I'll mention Aaron Rodgers in this mix. They they have never gotten the weapons that they deserve. Like it no. is a fair that Aaron Rodgers has won Super Bowl. I mean, I, that guy is, is insane. If you put him on so many other teams, they would just be they'd be undefeated. It's just they the the I don't know what it is. The Packers just they have never given him anything. I mean, I don't think you could name. I mean, they're just now starting to get a, a good running back, but like I don't know, they, it's 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 unfortunate. And, that, and the same thing with Rivers. I mean, Rivers now has a solid team behind him, so. Uh, it's inter- and he's a he's a baller. He's a, he's a great player. So it's a it's a travesty, honestly. And and, and if I'm Aaron Rodgers, uh, everybody else does it. I say fuck loyalty. I say get the hell out of Green Bay any way you can because they just don't have. They're putting it all on him t- to to make the team successful, and that's not fair. And the fact that he came out after that injury. After I don't know what they shot him up with, but he was lit, and he came out and he lit up that game, and he came back out of the locker room. I, I got nothing but respect for that guy. I think he is uh, he is uh, as uh, one Stephen A. Smith would say, uh, a bad man. He really yeah, is. He's he's elite, man. I love that dude. He is elite, and like I said, it's unfortunate what his team has done for him because they haven't done anything. But uh, he, I'm sure he'll he'll get back to the big dance uh, soon here. So. Um, yeah, no weapons, no weapons. I don't know. Absolutely not. So uh, that just about does it for the old NFL. And uh, moving on, Man, there's, to the uh, NBA. there's some surprises uh, again, out there. But another, you know, we're talking uh, the teams that we knew were going to, you know, basketball well has kind of well, turned but, uh, into, you know, we were talking let's, about. Uh, it's, let's dive right it's into all contracts the, and money and. The, uh, uh, Oh, there's a 100% the wizard now of the NBA, mindset the wizard team in basketball. The NBA, there has the, the been mystical, for a while. Uh, often um, hated. Uh, and uh, the Golden State to a Warriors. degree, you can't blame uh, their, certain their guys. Last year in Oracle, uh, are they going to bring another championship this has been a, home? This has been a pretty Obviously, interesting NBA a, season. There's a so lot of drama far. right now. Obviously, you know, what, uh, a month and a half or so into it. Had some uh, heated words for each other, you know. Draymond Green pretty much calling out uh, Durant's contract and and dropping the dropping the bitch line on him. Uh, 
So is this is this the end of the Warriors with uh, Kevin Durant? Do you think he's out when free agency comes? Uh, yeah, probably. I do. Just with the way the NBA is now, and and these guys, and and just seeing that type of uh, friction. And I think I, fans don't have as much of a backlash when you watch LeBron go to uh, Miami. Obviously, it was a huge backlash. Then he came back to Cleveland. Uh, brought him to the finals a few times. Obviously, got him a, the title that he had promised them, and uh, goes to now goes to LA. He returns to Cleveland for a game, and he gets a standing ovation. So I think fans are a little are way more uh, lenient. While some will boo and hold things against people, I think they fans understand the politics of the NBA and you know players. You know there is there's not a loyalty to the team, but then again, I feel like the team really doesn't. Uh, these organizations don't have much loyalty to the players as well. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think guys get kind of like a stigma. Like uh, I feel like when LeBron first left, he was hated when he first left to go to Miami. But now he has a different stigma behind him, where he he's done so much for this. You know the state of Ohio and stuff where he, he could go anywhere like, you know, before he went to LA and, and I don't think it, there was not going to be any backlash. You know what I mean? Right. But um, Durant, obviously when he left Oklahoma city, yeah, that was, uh... they were super pissed. And, uh, and uh, a lot of people who aren't even Oklahoma city, Oklahoma city fans were really um, kind of against the way he did it. And, uh, and now with the friction in, uh, with the Warriors, I just kind of think that he's definitely not going to stick around for that. And yeah, like, I think he that's got his. Yeah, for you, I think. Uh, I don't think you're going to see guys stay with teams uh, much, very long. Just like with these max contracts that get put out, I think you're going to see guys sign a lot of contracts and uh, just go different places. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get disheartened because I feel like uh, you know I'm a Nets fan, and uh, and I feel like whenever a player comes aboard and I'm, I'm all in on him and I, I love it. I'll buy a Jersey and then he's gone. And then I'm just like, well, Jesus Christ. Like, I, I don't want to look like I, I hit Marshall's and I'm walking around, you know, the Marshawn Lynch Jersey that they've had there, the <laughs> Buffalo Bills, Marshawn Lynch Jersey that they've had at Marshall's every year since, since before he left. And you know what I mean? I don't want to be that guy, but at the same time, it's like, there's no, there's no team loyalty and there's no, I feel like these organizations, uh, you know, I mean, perfect example. You see DeMar DeRozan get, you know, who's given his, uh, been full on board, uh, pro Toronto being a Raptors guy through and through, being the face of the team, and then they they trade him. DeMar DeRozan, yeah. they trade him to San Antonio. I mean, and uh, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. It's 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 absolutely insane what uh what kind of happens in the NBA now. But it, that's the uh that's the landscape these days and it just is what it is yeah it's kind of sad because i feel like with all of the pro sports like the the nba is is broken down between what like maybe five six teams like you pretty much know going into every season that it's going to be one of these five or six teams you know what i mean but like i don't think you could say that in almost any other sport like going into the nfl season this year you knew teams were going to be good, but you didn't know that. Like nobody knew that the, you know, the Chargers were going to be on this fire. Nobody even knew like Kansas City was going to be this good. You know what I mean? But like, oh yeah, it comes to the NBA. I mean, we get the same final over and over again. Um, obviously, it's going to be different this year because of LeBron going to LA. But 
Um, it's just that that's what kind of disheartens it for me is uh, just knowing that it's going to be like in the West, it's probably going to be one of three teams, and in the East, it's probably going to be one of two teams, or you know what I mean. So, uh, I'm a little, I'm a little this season. I'm a little bit uh, <laughs> optimistic that you may see uh, a couple teams make it uh, a little further. Obviously. Uh, with the Celtic last last season, with the Celtics losing Gordon Hayward in the first game of the season last year, and then losing Kyrie later on, no one picked them to be going as far as they did in the playoffs. So that was a nice surprise. At right. least it, uh, for for me, it was anyway. And uh, and now, I mean, the the Sixers really before they just acquired Jimmy Butler, I had no faith in them uh, really uh, rehashing what they did last season uh, or even making it. Uh, that far beyond the first round in the playoffs, but the addition of Jimmy Butler, I mean, you're looking at a, a pretty deadly trio there with Ben Simmons, uh, Embiid, and and, uh, and Jimmy Butler now. Yeah, I agree. I think the East is kind of, I mean, now that I'm living down here, I kind of watched a bit, I've been following the Sixers a lot more, and uh, they're kind of, they were, I knew they were a, a great team in the East. Uh, but I think adding Butler definitely kind of makes them a contender 100% in the East. Now, I personally don't think anybody in the East is going to win the title anyway. But I got to think it's going to come down to, like, you know, the the Raptors, the Sixers, um, Boston. And, you know, a team that's uh, shocked me this year that's been really good is the Milwaukee Bucks. Oh, yeah. Giannis uh, Antetokounmpo is uh, next level, man. He is, uh, he is a freak of nature. Yeah, he is. He's a great player. He's fun. To, he's you know what? He's uh, he's really fun to watch too. He's uh, yeah. He's brought like I watch. I've watched a few Bucks games this season, and uh, he's a he's a blast to watch, man. He he is making the game exciting right now. Uh, him playing. Yeah, and I think that's what they need is you need the emergence of guys like that. You know what I mean? I mean. Oh, absolutely, and uh, and I I know people are are on the West wagon hard because it's hard not to, especially with as deep as. Is insanely deep as Golden State's been, and obviously, uh, I really don't think that they're going to be in the finals this year. Uh, but obviously, the Lakers have high expectations, of course, with LeBron. But I think the Lakers do make a trade. Uh, I think they'd make a trade. I'm not sure what, but I, I'm almost positive they're they're going to move someone like Ingram or Lonzo or both of them. And uh, I think they're going to make a trade before the All Star break. And uh, I think they're going to put themselves in a position maybe not this year but next year um and especially with free agency someone someone's going to end up in la uh so i think in due time i i do think lebron's going to be in the finals with the lakers i don't think this year and i'm i'm one of the uh, few who are still I, i'm sticking with them uh as we sit here now in one of the last days of november i'm sticking with the boston celtics winning the title this year I, I, I have confidence that they're, that they're going to do it because they're another team. Uh, you know, they're finding their footing right now, but I think once uh, after the All-Star break, I think they're going to kick it into high, into high gear, and uh, they're pretty deep, man. They got a deep the – bench, the bench is solid, and uh, I really, truly think that they're going to do something special this year, and I hope they do. I really do because it would be great to see the East, uh, you know, uh, other than, you know, LeBron – who you know who's dominated the east his entire career up until this point uh it's going to be nice to see someone else get in there you know the obviously the celtics uh haven't been there since uh 2010 against the lakers but uh but yeah it's gonna i'm sticking with the celtics for uh my and i know it's uh you know i'm playing devil's advocate here but yeah (laughs) Yeah, i'm sticking with the celtics 
I don't mind the Celtics, and I mean, I know they're they're. I think they're like what, they're like eighth in the East right now. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't think they have the team to do it. I mean, I think if I had to, if I had to pick my final right now, I'm gonna go. I would go Celtics Warriors probably. Um, speaking of the Lakers, though, did you see? I was reading and I saw today about LeBron, kind of not, um, not really listening to Luke Walton. Did you read? Did you see any of that stuff? I I've I've read those and uh, I mean. I, I really hate to to be uh to be this guy, but I mean I don't see any re. I understand there's a, an etiquette between coach and player, but I mean would uh I'm tr- I'm trying to think of a comparable uh a comparable uh player coach uh, you know if perfect example in my eyes at least uh, if. Isaiah Thomas uh, was coaching Michael Jordan. Like, would would Michael Jordan like? And Isaiah Thomas is better than Luke Walton ever was. But I would not expect Michael Jordan to listen to anything Isaiah Thomas had to say because Isaiah Thomas isn't a quarter of the player MJ was. And I don't think. I mean, I don't think Luke Walton's going to teach or tell LeBron anything about the game of basketball or have any grand scheme ideas uh that is going to improve lebron and Le- lebron's just that player he's the best in the league right now he is this you know we had our jordan era we had our kobe era and we are still in the lebron era and uh, i mean it, it'd be crazy you know what i mean it's just like it's like jason kidd if jason kidd were to have coached the the lakers in in the last uh, few years that kobe was around and, and jason kidd was trying to tell kobe about something you know what i mean like it's just i i, I can't buy into it and i i couldn't imagine him doing it but at the same time there's a, a player coach etiquette that i guess you have to follow but at the same time i mean to to what avail i mean you're the greatest player in the league i wouldn't expect lebron to listen to luke walton no offense no, I agree with you, but I, you know, I've actually always said that I feel like NBA of all of all sports, I feel like NBA coaches really do the least. Maybe that's a little ignorant of me to say. Uh, I just think that, in my personal opinion, there's like there's like five coaches in the NBA that really mean something, and the rest are just like there. Like I will, like, I'll agree like with that, said, and I like, think it's the. Uh, sorry to cut you off, but I do think it. I do think it, and I want to hear what your opinion is on this. I think it's the younger coaches. I don't think these younger coaches uh, instill that uh, seniority over the players like like a Phil Jackson did, like a Greg Popovich does. You know what I mean? Like a George Carl did. Uh, I really don't think that, you know, how the fuck is LeBron going to take uh, Luke Walton seriously? You could bet your ass, though, if LeBron played for the Spurs, he Popovich wouldn't stand for him not listening to him. Right. I, I mean, I do think it has a seniority thing, too. I mean, I think there's some young coaches that do a good job with the younger players, like a Brad Stevens with the Celtics or something. But um, like you said, like, I mean, the rumor is like Brian. From what the, what I've read, like what I saw, like Brian Windhorse, like that ESPN dude who's like tight with LeBron, like said that basically, like when Re- LeBron is running point, he doesn't even look over to the bench to get any plays, and then when he does look over to the bench and he sees the play, he just ignores them. Now, like I said, you're LeBron James. You're the biggest basketball player in the world, arguably the biggest basketball player since Michael Jordan. Maybe not, you know, Kobe in there too. But uh, yeah, are you really listening to your coach? I don't know. Like, are you really re- listening to this guy? Like, and I felt the same way about certain f- football players. Like, uh, I used to say it about Peyton Manning all the time. Like, one Peyton Manning when he was with the Colts. Okay, he got injured for a season, 
uh, and they never won a game without him. Exactly. Uh, but the, you know, I think the year after or the year before, they it was Jim Caldwell who was a coach. It's like, uh, but when he was there, they won. They were in that playoff. So it's like sometimes there's guys who are just above it, and uh, and and I see that. But just that being said, I still don't think it's right, though. Obviously, I mean, how are you going to put Luke Walton in that position? Like, um, I feel bad for someone who has to be the coach of, of him. You know what I mean? Like. Uh, it's just I feel like they kind of they're almost at his mercy. You know what I mean? I wonder. Sure, I wonder I'm if, sure if he makes a stink about it, they're gonna get rid of him before they get rid of LeBron. You know what I mean? One hundred percent. And it, and at that point, do you uh, you know, does someone does an ex player come in who is an elite ex player? But who who in the NBA who's an elite ex player is LeBron ever gonna listen to? Kobe? Would Kobe ever come and coach the Lakers? I don't think Kobe would ever come and coach. I think he said that he would never come and coach, but yeah, would it I take don't... would it take someone like Kobe for LeBron to listen? Probably, but you'll never see that. I just think LeBron is so big right now, and like I said, he's such a he does so much. And honestly, not to sound like an ass, but I think his ego is so huge. Um but it I mean that happens when you're that great and you're making millions of dollars because people are buying your shoes, and you're and you're consistently like the top player in the league. You get a you do get an ego with that. Now that being said, I'm not saying he's a bad person. He does a lot of good, does a lot of great things. But I just think that like that that plays into it too. Is like is your ego definitely going to play into it? You know what I mean? Oh yeah, you're not gonna. I mean, <laughs> him listening to Luke Walton. I I mean, I'm nowhere near. Uh, obviously, LeBron's. Uh, financial or personal achievements uh but uh, i I, I can i can put myself in that headspace like i i i don't think i would i would be uh, i would feel above it as well i think yeah and you know what i gotta think that lebron probably stopped listening to coaches like after one year of spolstra in miami (laughs) i mean mean, i'm sure i mean honestly he probably did like come on there's no way eric listen eric spolstra didn't do anything for the for the heat that LeBron, Le- LeBron, D Wade or Bosch couldn't do, especially LeBron and D Wade. Like, I mean, there's no way Spolster is telling them what they should run. He might've had suggestions and LeBron probably filed it in the round fucking the round, uh, filing cabinet at the end of the bench. And that's probably as far as it went. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's just my, pr- I just think that he probably stopped listening to coaches a long time ago. I mean, I'm sure when he was back with Cleveland in his second stint, uh, I don't, I, there's no way you listen to Tyrone Lou or <laughs> there's no idea. Yeah, you know no mean? way. I mean, he, 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 he ran that team, so but he's I, also a guy that no matter what team you put him on, they're eventually going to end up in the finals. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's proven that obviously since now that he left the Cavs and they're a joke. So yeah, exactly. So, uh, uh, moving on, I wanted to talk about this just because this was in the headlines just uh, 48 hours ago, and I, I and I know you and I are are big uh, shoe fans, and and uh, I wouldn't say that we're necessarily sneakerheads. I mean, we don't spend three four hundred dollars on Jordans or wait in line for uh, certain shoes or anything like that. But we enjoy uh, footwear culture, if if that's what you want to call it. Hashtag footwear culture. Um, but Kawhi Leonard just signed a footwear deal with New Balance. That I personally, I think that's really cool that New Balance is getting in there and getting into the the NBA game. And uh, what do you think about that? Kawhi Leonard signed, you know, obviously an elite player, uh, in now in Toronto, uh, 
uh, signing with New Balance, you know, not going for Adidas or or, or Nike or any any of the the big elite uh, basketball shoe names, and going with New Balance and going to kind of real New Balance uh, out into the the sea of basketball footwear. Yeah, I mean, that's I think it's really cool. I think uh, I think it's cool this year. I mean, you've seen the the like Puma, like with the resurgence yep. of Puma to the into the basketball thing and i think i think it's cool that uh, new balance nabbed somebody like that i saw i saw new balance was starting to get some of the younger guys as well so i think it's really cool to get another another uh another uh star name the, yeah and then get a, a name like that it should be interesting i wonder how his stuff will sell obviously we know the 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 market is pretty much dominated with nike jordan and, and adidas i know that even a company like Reebok has pretty much taken the biggest hit. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Since they lost like everything, they lost the NFL and stuff like that. So does Toronto and the fan base uh, enamor and and uh, and and spark so much interest and uh, and uh, devotion? Uh, expose. Uh, Kawhi Leonard to that their culture so much and he does he embrace it and stay in in Toronto or do you think he's uh out this is a one-year stop before he can uh wind up in LA to get a to get a ring with LeBron or does he go somewhere else or or do you think that they can do you think they can pull the fucking rabbit out of the hat here and uh, get him to stay and have him be the new face of Toronto I I think he's gone I don't think he stays there I think he I think he would. I don't know. I just don't see it. I know he was not happy to go there, and, and he's playing good ball. And, he, and but I still think he leaves no matter what. So I don't uh, know if it's possible, but I also called this when he went to uh, Toronto. I'm still saying there's a possibility before the All Star break he gets traded to L A. I mean, if L A. dishes up someone like Ingram and Lonzo and and uh, maybe a draft pick to. Um, uh, for uh, Kawhi Leonard, I mean, would Toronto take that? I don't know. If Kawhi pretty much, or is a Kawhi's agent pretty much says, listen, he's not staying, so you might want to take this deal because you're gonna get, you know, someone like Lonzo and Ingram, or or uh, or Kuzman and Ingram, or whoever, you well, know, I, I you you might want to take it now because he's not gonna sign with you after this year anyway. I think it's gonna come down to two, like a couple of things. I think one, like if, if Toronto's Obviously, Toronto's number one in the East right now. Like, if they, if they, if they pull off the impossible and end up in the finals, does that does that and Kawhi ends up saying he doesn't get traded or anything before the before the trade deadline? Well, I mean, like with the trade deadline. So if you're Toronto and you're still number one in the East and the trade deadline's coming and then and then the Lakers come to you and they're like, hey, we'll give you like some crazy tri- some crazy deal, like you said, like we give you Alonzo a Brandon Ingram and like maybe something else. Like, are you even, are you going to take that knowing that you're number one in the East right now and you could make it to the finals or like, that's what you got to ask yourself is, is, is that like, are they going to be, cause I personally think he's gone. So then you got to look at it from the perspective. Well, if we hang on to this guy and we don't win a championship, <laughs> yeah, and he's gone, we're really just losing out on everything. We get nothing. We're, we're we just get nothing. So it's going to be interesting. I mean, I don't know. I think if I was Toronto and I was still in first place of all the years, probably, I think this is the year that I think I probably could make a final. So I don't think I get rid of him. 
you know, maybe maybe he, he goes and, and, you, and you, you almost win a title or you do win a title. And you got to hope if you don't win one, he, he falls in love and, and, and realizes that he could get back. So he stays another year. I don't know. I guess uh, I guess we'll see. But uh, lastly, to wrap up with the uh, NBA before we uh, hit our wrestling segment, uh, finals predictions. Let's hear them. Uh, I'm gonna go. Yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Celtics in the East and the Warriors in the West. I don't. I don't think it's gonna be. It's gonna play it just like it's like people preseason projected. I, I don't think. I, I like a couple other teams in the East. Like obviously, I like Toronto. I like the. I like the Sixers. I like the Bucks, but I just don't see those those teams making it in a in a best of seven series. And then in the West, I don't know. Like I just think the Warriors are by far the best team. And when they're on, when they're on, they're on. And then you know you got Curry coming back soon. Um, I know it's still early in the season, obviously, but I'm just saying like they obviously have the most talent of any team in, in the NBA. So yeah, when, definitely. When they're on. Even with you know with all the drama set aside, they're still gonna go out there and play. So it's just tough to deny that uh, that starting five. So I agree, and I got the Celtics and the Warriors in the finals as well. And with that said. Let's hit our wrestling segment. Let's run the ropes, Eric. And uh, here we are in our run the ropes segment of this illustrious and brand new podcast, Babbleheads. Uh, so wrestling, let's talk WWE current product. I mean, it's uh, they've been up, they've been down. Uh, you know, obviously we've shared our you know, uh, frustrations with the current product. But, uh, but with that said, I think those are, that's kind of well known what, uh, you know, there's a writing issues here and there. And, uh, but there's no doubt that they have elite talent. So, uh, I mean, right now, strictly WWE and we're just, we'll just yeah. cover WWE today, but cause we got, we got an entire podcast to cover every other wrestling facet, but right now, WWE, who you got thumbs up, who you got thumbs down, who you liking so far right now within uh, the Raw and SmackDown uh, brands and who don't you like? Let's hear your ups first. Who you got up? Uh, I mean, just like uh, from like this week's uh, shows and how things have been going lately, like I, I obviously think like in my opinion, who the hottest person is, is pro- is arguably Becky Lynch right now. I oh, by she- by far, she has come into her own, and as someone who, uh, you know, uh, I I don't enjoy a lot of the women wrestling. Uh, call me call it whatever you want. I just a lot of it I can't buy into. Uh, I can get invested in Oscar matches and Charlotte Flair matches, but Becky Lynch has uh, really just, and, and it's hard to, she's like a, she is like got a Stone Cold Steve Austin like anti-hero feel to her right now, and she is, she's on fire, man. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, this whole, after she's won the title and then turning on Charlotte Flair, she's, yeah, like you said, almost like coming into her own, and she's, that whole like I'm the man gimmick has been great. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. She's getting huge. I mean, the pop she got on Smack. She opened up the SmackDown show, just getting huge pops. And I just think that right now she's like, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, I got to think she's got the hottest thing WWE's got going right now. And so. it's so funny because two, three months ago, I, I was thinking like, geez, Becky Lynch, what a what a waste that they they're wasting her. What a what. A, and every time she came on, she I she gave me a Cesaro chill up my spine. Like, oh, what <laughs> what a waste. Like, uh, why is she even on TV anymore? Get her out of here. You ain't doing anything with her. She's not showing anything. You give Becky Lynch a chance to shine, she blinds the goddamn world, and it, yeah, it's I mean, been I, it's been fun to watch. And, and like I said, this is coming from you and I, who don't exactly uh, aren't fully uh, invested in and enamored with the female uh, portion of the product as others are. Um, the fact that she can, you know, she's our thumbs up in the run the rope segment this week is, uh, you know, that says something. Yeah, definitely, and I think. Uh... Like there's three kinds of wrestlers in my, you know, in the in the world, in my opinion. Like there's there's the really athletic, or not. There's a really good. I shouldn't even say athletic. There's a really good wrestler who's great on the mic. There is a really pr- good wrestler who's not great on the mic, and then there's a really not a great wrestler who's great on the mic. You know what I mean? And yeah. I think right now, I just think that she, like for the women, like I think she she's she's fun to watch in the ring. Like it was. Uh, I'm not always the biggest women's match uh, fan, just because I feel like a lot of them, the matches aren't really smooth. It has nothing to do with, uh, you know, like, the, I don't know, them personally. It's just like, I think a lot of them, not a lot, it's not as smooth, and I feel like it's, you could tell it's more, um, I don't know, like, it's like an act, almost, if, if that makes sense. Like yeah, they, it's a little too structured, they, a little too rehearsed, a little yeah, too written they, for them. They, the way they anticipate the moves just doesn't look good at all. So, I think there's only a handful of, of the women's matches that I really, I, or women's wrestlers that I, I really am okay with watching. Uh, but definitely Becky Lynch has always been one of them, and uh, I think now this is what she needed. You know, uh, this is an extra push now, and I think it's that's kind of what happens. People just uh, little things happen here and there, and this is. Like the other night, when it was like two weeks ago, when she busted her face open, yeah, and the blood, like that was a huge thing. And, I, and WWE let it happen, and they they didn't clean her up, and they they kept uh, they kept a camera on her. And I just think, that, and look what that little bit of I mean, not to be like, oh, blood does everything, but or or whatever. But obviously, your your product, you you've kept it very, you know, in the PG era. We've been in the John Cena PG era for a, for a long time now. And, and just giving people that little bit of violence that they remember from the, you know, the golden era, the attitude era, or even the ruthless aggression era, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, the era that, that uh, followed uh, the attitude era. Um, it, giving them that little bit, look at how much that projected her and, and pushed her into that upper echelon, uh, you know, that next level. Yeah, really. I mean, that like, that really did help. There's no denying that that helped that helped boost her. No, I think it definitely did. I think it showed. It worked perfectly with the whole like, I'm the man stuff too. You know, what absolutely. I mean? like, like she she had no cares and she was just out there just to to kick ass and and uh, and that's great. Like it, it's honestly sparked my interest for uh, for what's going on in that division. I know there's, they just announced a. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk about SmackDown, but <clears throat> they just announced a, a women's battle royal. So, yeah, and I uh, I echo your sentiments of uh, Becky Lynch being your thumbs up. She is my thumbs up as well. 
And uh, someone I'm actually going to give a thumbs up to as well, uh, again, on the SmackDown brand, and someone I didn't think I would ever give a thumbs up to because I have never really been a huge fan of him at all, but I am liking his little heel run that he has right now is Daniel Bryan. Uh, I think he needed it. He was becoming very stale, and, uh, you know, obviously you could see the atrophy in his arms uh, from the neck injury. He he isn't as... uh, he does. He's he was he's been missing something since he's came back, and it's been very noticeable. But with this new heel run that he has, uh, I'm liking it, and I think the heel Daniel Bryan is much better than the baby face Daniel Bryan, and uh, he's getting a thumbs up from me this week. Yeah, I agree. I've liked Daniel Bryan for a long time. I mean, even well before he was in the WWE, I liked him, and I thought that. Uh, I could agree with you that he was kind of becoming stale. And uh, I knew, you know, I've always known he's a great wrestler. He was kind of becoming one of those, I don't know how to put it, like almost like a figurehead, like a goofy figurehead kind of for the WWE. Yeah, he he fell into that role, obviously, while he was out and, uh, you know, quote unquote, retired for a a short period. But uh, yeah, and uh, I think it's great that he... uh, yeah, like he's showing the side that he can do this stuff. Um, and he's a great heel. He really is. He's a great wrestler, a great heel. Um, he's been doing it for so such a long time. I think I, – I don't know if there's ever been a time in the WWE, in my opinion, where they've had such a solid roster. I think the roster – has maybe from, from top to bottom has never been better. Yeah, you really got it packed. You got everything. But maybe I, I, now that being said, I I, I don't know if uh, they actually they use it the right way always. That's that's not for I think that's not true at all. But uh, no, they definitely misuse and uh, underutilize plenty of people. Uh, for instance, you know they're running right now with uh, with Braun Strowman and they have for a while, and, and really nothing's really come of it. Uh, uh, just you know his. Uh, He's a big guy. There's nothing he does in the ring that really impresses me. And uh, on the mic, it's it's very – I cringe every time he has a mic in his hand. Um, he's a big, like, hulking, bulking, like, giant guy. He's your big man. And guess what? I don't think I don't think a lot of big men are great talkers. Uh, who, who might be a great talker that's a big guy? Uh, Taker a little bit, but he didn't talk for a long time. Kind of had Paul Bear do his uh, his vocal uh, yeah, his vocal duty. He... But it, it's it's really, you know, Big John Studd wasn't a, wasn't a mic man either. Like, we can't, dude, it's, I, I can't buy into it. Uh, if, I, if there's a thumbs down this week, it's, it's for Braun Strowman, and it's every week because I don't like him. He's boring. He's not great on the mic. He's not great in the ring. There's nothing really impressive about him except his, except his size, and that's what Vince likes. So he's just going to push him down everyone's throat just like he did Roman, and, uh, I mean, it is what it is. That being said, I, I do like Roman, and I did. You and I were expressing that Roman was really on the, the verge of something cool, and, and a heel turn would have been great for Roman, obviously. He, him getting uh, falling ill again with leukemia, uh, he he's out. So uh, you know Strowman's. It seems like they're gonna throw the strap on Strowman at some point, whether it be Rumble or Mania. Yeah, I'm definitely not the biggest uh, Braun Strowman fan. I think, like you said, like he's just. I just think he's super boring, and I don't think if you look at historically, a lot of the great big men that have been around, he 
like if he was in a different generation, he would. I think he would almost be unnoticed. To be honest with you, I'll take Gene Snitsky um, over Braun Strowman. Yeah, there's just so many. Um, I don't know. I don't. He just doesn't do anything for me. I'll take fucking Kurgan over Braun Strowman. <laughs> Kurgan. Yeah. No, seriously. But the WWE has gone extreme, uh, an extreme uh, length uh, to make him look like the most powerful wrestler on the in the world yeah. so i mean remember when he first kind of broke off into his own thing they were doing all those crazy spots with him like uh pulling down the titan tron thing oh yeah they they've were really living. they were they've been building him for ye- years now at this point it's crazy how they've just been like just for force uh force feeding him down our throats for a couple years and like uh, i mean granted maybe they think oh yeah it's gonna take time for a payoff but he hasn't really done anything super impressive that really merits us even seeing a payoff so i, I don't even know what to even say on the guy anymore other than like he's a bore show yeah i mean 100 and, and you're right though like you don't necessarily have to be a talker all the time i don't i mean there's a lot of great big men who weren't talkers but uh I don't know. You got to have something. I just feel like he doesn't really have anything, in my opinion. It's just, you know, I'd rather see, like on NXT uh, last night, that Lars Sullivan dude. Like he, he excites me more than uh, Braun Strowman does. So yeah, uh, I agree with that as well. But like we said, like the writing is is not always the greatest. But I like this is definitely the best time I feel like for the roster. The roster has maybe never been better when it comes to NXT. Smackdown and Raw so yeah I uh I agree with you completely and uh with that said I guess we'll uh we'll wrap this up we went a little longer than we uh are gonna anticipate we're gonna try to keep this not too crazy we're not gonna have a three-hour uh conversation here because we'll we have plenty to talk about every single week and there's uh, plenty for us to get into but yeah, uh, we're gonna we're gonna have the formats down we're gonna it's gonna be great oh yeah absolutely so uh you can find us on anchor.fm. You can find us on iTunes uh, through your Apple Podcast app. You can, we're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on uh, Breaker, Google Podcasts. We're on anywhere you can listen to podcasts. We're everywhere. We're, everywhere. we're on. So uh, tell your friends uh, if they're into sports, if they're into wrestling, if they're into people babbling their heads off. Uh, you check us out uh we're gonna be doing this weekly and uh this is uh this is pretty exciting to to kick it off and like i said we could we could we're, we can talk for hours and we will talk for hours um there's so much to get into and uh man this is uh this is we're off to a good start and we're off to the races we got plenty to talk about uh every week obviously is the nfl and the nba seasons and obviously uh you know wrestling uh, we got you know wwe which is the longest running episodic television show of all time uh i mean wait except for the simpsons simpsons is still going though isn't it i think it is still going yes but not weekly right they have breaks yeah they have breaks okay there you go wwe doesn't ever have breaks but we're also i don't want people that are wrestling fans to think we're just covering wwe we're going to get into a lot more promotions and uh you know everything in between uh so uh and of course uh once the uh we're going to be touching on the mlb and 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 things like that in other episodes but we kind of just wanted to dive into the the most active uh sports in and obviously a uh, little bit of a wrestling as we'll always have a wrestling uh segment 
uh, our run the rope segment. Hope everyone enjoyed that. But uh, but yeah, Erica, here we are. We are uh, we are the Babbleheads, and this is Episode the Babbleheads one. podcast. <laughs> Episode one down. Two thousand more to come. Two thousand and uh, three more to go, at least. But uh, but yeah, you can like I said, you can find us everywhere. Wherever you listen to podcasts, we're on. We're also on Instagram at Babbleheads Podcast. Uh, check it out, and uh, we'll see everyone uh, next week. Sounds good.